Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. How are you? I'm doing great, Keith. How about yourself? I am all right. I'm all right. I can take that. I wish I had something more scintillating to say. <laughs> well, we could tell the people how we were going to record two hours ago, but there was concrete being just destroyed around your house. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, the wonders of still working from home. I had to delay because there was some concrete being broken up out back. Wouldn't have been great audio, that's all. No, but um, <laughs> Concrete Blonde, man, what a band. There you go. <laughs> there you go, tying it back to music. Because as, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Billie Eilish holds atop the Billboard 200 Albums chart for a third straight week with Happier Than Ever, leading a top three filled with solo women for the first time in over 10 years. More on that in just a moment. Plus, new albums from Dan and Shay, Suicide Boys, and The Killers all debut in the top 10. Not until now did I think about the weird combo platter of Suicide Boys and The Killers together in the top 10. <laughs> oh, gosh. And a very over, morbid top 10. Yeah, well. Uh, and over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, while The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber's Stay stays at number one for a third week, Lizzo and Cardi B's Rumors makes a splash, debuting straight into the top 10. But wait, there's more. Mm -hmm. Living legend Elton John returns to the Hot 100 for the first time in over 20 years, thanks to his new collaboration with friend of the podcast, Dua Lipa, on Cold Heart. So, where does the song debut, and what was the last song Elton had on the chart? Why, we'll tell you in just a moment. Also on the show, we have news about the ill-fated We Love NYC homecoming concert over the weekend in Central Park, as well as an update on Red Taylor's version, which came through Taylor Swift's very first TikTok video. So stick around for all that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Um, I wonder if Taylor's going to leave Tumblr now that she's on TikTok. I mean, man, who's still, is, are you still, do you still have, use Tumblr? I know you love Tumblr. I still have Tumblr. I don't, okay. I don't post as much as I used to. Right. Um, but Taylor still. I never still, used it, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Taylor still uses it. But anyway, mm -hmm. we'll get to Taylor in a second. <laughs> um, all right. So let's do the chart chat. Uh, first up, Billie Eilish's Happier Than Ever stands at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart for a third straight week. The set earned 60,000 equivalent album units in the U.S. in the week ending August 19th. That's down 29%, according to MRC data. The album, uh, the, album, the album opened atop the list two weeks ago. It's the second album of 2021 to spend its first three weeks at number one, following Morgan Wallen's Dangerous, the double album, which spent 10 weeks at number one, all from its debut week. And... Happier Than Ever is the first set by a woman to spend its first three weeks at number one since Taylor Swift's Folklore spent its first six weeks atop the list back between August 8th and the September 19th, 2020 charts, and eventually Folklore had eight total non-consecutive weeks at number one. 
Happier Now has as many weeks atop the chart as Eilish's last album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? It had three individual non-consecutive weeks at number one uh, back in 2019. One week in April, one week in May, and one week in June. It it hung around for a while. (laughs) At at numbers two and three this week on the Billboard 200 are Doja Cat's Planet Her and Olivia Rodrigo's former number one, Sour. Now, will Eilish hold for a fourth week at number one? Well, we shall see, as I almost always say whenever Katie asks me to forecast next week. Um, Eilish has to contend partly with the vinyl LP release of Rodrigo's Sour, which hit retail on August 20th. The album, which has spent four non-consecutive weeks at number one, has only previously been available to purchase as a digital download, a CD, and a cassette. Its vinyl release, like many albums, was delayed due to the amount of time required to manufacture vinyl. And as we saw earlier this year with Taylor Swift's Evermore album, which came out digitally and on CD in December, but didn't hit vinyl until the end of May, it can turn into a lot of sales because Taylor did 102,000 vinyl LPs in that first week, a record for the most vinyl LPs sold of of an individual album since MRC data began tracking sales in 1991. The real question behind all this is, will Katie ever get a record player? Probably not. I, I See, guess it still, the, it still doesn't move you yet. The, 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 the answer, vinyl phenomenon hasn't it doesn't, moved you. It doesn't move the needle for me. <laughs> um, don't mind me. Um, I think the real answer to that question is like, will my children want a record player? At which point I'll probably end up getting one. That's what I, I feel like. If it's still a thing, if vinyl is still, you know, a thing, which it feels like it will be. I mean, it's been kind of a, it's like been a building thing for 15 years and really caught fire in the last five five yeah i mean i imagine my children will like music so i think that they'll probably enjoy and i my parents had a record player when i was growing up and we played all their old records and i loved doing that so i feel like it's a thing i could do with my kids potentially down the line Hmm. sort of in reverse because i won't have a collection so they're gonna have to make their own collection um i mean i remember when i was little it was kind of a thing when you would have um like read-along books that had oh yeah that went with it. I mean, mm-hmm. now then it turned into a read-along with a cassette and then read-along with CD, so it's not quite the same and thing. And now they have a little, like, e-reader that you just, like, press and they read it, you know? You press a little you button. Just, you just press the button and leave it with your kid and you leave the room, so it's, you know, it's fully interactive with we your had, children. We had one of those, and then Cal left it outside overnight, like, two days after he got it, and we've never had another one again, <laughs> so... Did, like, a chi- did a chipmunk steal the oh, no, reader? Oh, no, just the morning dew... Did oh. not uh, respond mm. well. <laughs> um, well, uh, all that said, um, uh, it's an exciting week at the top of the chart for Billy, and possibly a really exciting week next week for Olivia. I feel like her fans are going to be definitely vinyl consumers. I, that's what, so. I've, I feel like it's going to be a big week, and obviously, as you already said, the top three we have Billy and Olivia, and then sandwiched in between them, Doja Cat, aka yeah. all three women at the top of the chart. Which, and when was the last time that happened, Keith? Well, tell you what, it's actually unusual. Um, because one, it's not super often that we actually have a woman at number one in general. Um, and then to have numbers one and two both women. But what about all three? Well, it turns out, I guess who tipped-toed through the Billboard chart archives in the past uh, 24 <laughs> hours? Me! Uh, the last time 
the numbers one, two, and three albums were all credited to solo women was more than 10 years ago. Uh, on the chart dated December 18th, 2010, when Susan Boyle's Christmas album, The Gift, was number one, followed by Taylor Swift's Speak Now at number two, and Jackie Ivanko's Oh Holy Night, another Christmas effort, at number three. I want to point out that we have an honorable mention in here. Um, In July of 2011, on the July 23rd, 2011 chart, so like six months later, but still more than 10 years ago, uh, that week on the chart, Beyonce's Four was number one, Adele's 21 was number two, and then the number three album was When the Sun Goes Down, which was credited to Selena Gomez and The Scene. Oh, The Scene. Yeah, The Scene was Selena Gomez's backing band, comprised entirely of dudes, of gentlemen. And uh, Gomez recorded three albums that were billed to Selena Gomez and The Scene, and When the Sun Goes Down was the final of those three. Gomez's first solo build effort was 2013 Stars Dance. So, okay, I would also exciting. like I would also like to point out that the the last time there were three women at the top of this chart, it was Britain's Got Talent, Taylor Swift, and America's Got Talent. Because Good. Susan Boyle was from Britain's Got Talent. Obviously, you know who Taylor Swift is, and then Jackie Ivanko came from America's Got Talent. And Taylor is, you know, one of America's greatest talents. That's very accurate. We didn't need yes. a talent show to tell us. No. Um also <laughs> by by the way, in twenty ten as uh, keen chart watchers know, the Billboard 200 was still just a pure album sales ranked chart. It didn't become the equivalent album units, consumption, streaming, digital track, album combo platter until December of 2014. Um, anyway, we've got more chart news. I've hey, got keep going. Let's keep it going. Um, also in the top 10 on the Billboard 200, Dan and Shay arrive at number six. With the duo's latest album, Good Things, it's the fourth consecutive top ten for the act, the entirety of their charting efforts. Rap duo Suicide Boys logs the act's second top ten and highest charting album yet, as Long-Term Effects of Suffering starts at number seven. And The Killers capture their seventh top ten as their seventh studio album, Pressure Machine, debuts at number nine, and now all seven of their studio albums have reached the top ten. Lastly... Over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber's Stay stays at number one for a third week, while Lizzo and Cardi B's Rumors debuts at number four, arriving as Lizzo's third top ten and her first to launch in the top ten. And it's also Cardi B's tenth top ten. Could I mm-hmm. say top ten just once more? <laughs> uh, actually, Stay keeps on gaining in airplay sales and streams, as in the week ending August 19th, the song drew 51.3 million in radio airplay audience impressions, that's up 29%, as well as 32.7 million US streams, up 3%, and it sold a little over 14,000 downloads, up 13%. Now, as for Rumors, uh, with its start at number four, uh, the song starts off with 30.1 million in radio audience. 20.9 million streams and a little over 25,000 sold across all digital and physical formats. If you're a fan of the podcast, you know that we've talked about how Lizzo released this single and I think three different cassette singles, uh, some CD singles, I believe, and there was even a flexi disc. Flexi disc. Go Google flexi disc, everybody. <laughs> um, on the radio songs chart, 
Rumors actually makes the highest debut in over five years as it debuts at number 21. The last song to debut higher, or to debut at 21 or higher, was Megan Trainer's No on the March 26th, 2016 chart. I find that just so unbelievable yeah. that this is the highest debut on the radio songs chart since Megan Trainer. Yeah. Yes. It's just, I mean, nothing, I mean, it's just weird because you thought, well, God, there wasn't like an Ariana single or something in right. between. Right. We, um, well, I think I, what, I, probably, what probably happens is they probably start low on the chart, maybe with some, like at the very bottom and then has a huge jump. Maybe that's what happens. Right. The, well, the other thing I was going to say is that um, uh, I'm surprised that I have not heard rumors on pop radio yet, but I have heard. It's one of the truth, biggest uh, songs on radio, according clearly, to our chart. I have heard um, Truth Hurts more since rumors <laughs> came out. Well, that's okay. Like, people right. are, like, reinvigorated by, like, this Lizzo moment. So, just as one, just so As you know. one should. You should, <laughs> you should go back and, and, and reevaluate all of Lizzo's catalog. Come on. <laughs> um, rumors is Lizzo's third top ten, and it follows the number one Truth Hurts. Hey, there we go. And the number three peaking Good as Hell. And for Cardi, it's her tenth top ten. Also in the top 10, top 10, top 10, mm-hmm. Dua Lipa's Levitating spends a 33rd week in the top 10, tying for the third most weeks in the top 10 ever. It's tied with Ed Sheeran's Shape of You, Maroon 5's Girls Like You featuring Cardi B, and Post Malone and Sway Lee's Sunflower. All of those have 33 weeks in the top 10. Ahead of all those songs, Post Malone Circles has 39 weeks in the top 10, and the all-time record holder for the most weeks in the top 10 is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights with 57 weeks in the top 10. So do a, just another, what, five more months? And, that's all. Um, that's all. And then, uh, you know, The Weeknd has 88 weeks overall on the chart. So just keep dreaming. When both you and I are long gone from Billboard, Blinding <laughs> Lights will still be on the Hot 100. <laughs> when Cal is doing your job here. Yes, yeah. Um, in other Dua Lipa news, she and Elton John debut at number 81 with Cold Heart. It's John's first Hot 100 appearance in over 20 years since the July 29th, 2000 dated chart when Someday Out of the Blue ranked at number 99 after earlier peaking at number 49. Cold Heart is John's 68th career entry on the chart, a run that began on the August 15th, 1970 chart when Border Song bowed at number 93. Cold Heart uh, blends together elements of earlier John songs, where, and on, on this track, he actually sings part of his 1990 top 20 hit uh, on the Hot 100, Sacrifice. And I'm pretty sure it's actually just like a sample of Sacrifice, mm. but unclear. Elton, if you're listening, we, we would love to invite you on the show to ask you more about how the song was put together. Um, while also on Cold Heart, Dua Lipa sings a portion of the 1972 Elton John hit Rocket Man. And these things are kind of smushed together. And, and apparently there are other Elton John songs woven in here too. Oh, wow. There's like two more songs, which I don't hear in there because I'm not an Elton John expert. But um, it's a super interesting track. And um, uh, we've already talked about it before, but it's really exciting to see a chart legend like Elton John back on the charts. Um, because as Hot 100 chart manager Gary Trust notes online at billboard.com, John holds nine Hot 100 number ones and 27 top tens. That's tied for the ninth best total in the chart's history. 
He also has a whopping 57 top 40 hits, and he also remarkably had the distinction of having a top 40 hit in a record 30 consecutive years from 1970 through 1999. You know, it's wild. You hear like stats about somebody, you know, make, getting a chart record in every decade, but to have it in every year is just a sort of dominance that does not happen. It's, it's wild. Absolutely. And, and Elton is just, he's, he's always there. And he's always doing interesting, new, weird things that are unexpected. Like, who would have thought? Dance, remix, mashup of two older songs with Dua Lipa in 2021. Okay, sure. But, you know, in every interview he does, he talks so much about um, staying in touch with new music. Um, You know, he obviously has his Apple Music show that he hosts. Rocket Hour. Rocket Hour. And... He, I remember seeing him speak like years ago where he talked about he had like an assistant who would print out like the week's releases. releases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you heard that before? Yeah. And there's I was reading I was reading about how he used to go to Tower Records on Sunset Boulevard back when Tower was open. The building is still there and it still says Tower Records, but it's not Tower Records. And they would they used to open early just for him so he can, so he can go record shopping. Because he That's loved to get like all the new albums. Incredible. And so it just makes total sense that, you know, he because he's so like in touch with what new music is, that he's also like extending a hand to newer artists and, you know, introducing himself and telling them that he's a fan of them, which has to just completely blow them away. I'm sure into his case as well. Um, but I remember him talking about like his favorite artist being like Young Thug a couple years ago. Like he just is way sure. more in touch than... Anybody, most people. Yeah, most people, let alone a gentleman of a certain age. <laughs> and he's when, just when, killing it. When was the first time that you became aware of Elton John? I can say that I recall, I I remember in the 80s his music videos for I'm Still Standing, and I guess that's why they call it the blues. That was before I really knew about his big hits in the 70s. So I learned about him from a later era and then circled back to his earlier stuff as one does, as I think ha- how people have probably when they saw, you know, Rocket Man a few years ago, the movie, and said, oh, wow, let me go investigate all these older songs because maybe they only knew of him because of The Lion King or because Dua Lipa name-checked him at one point. Who knows? Yeah, I my family listened to, like, exclusively um, classic rock radio growing up, and so I knew, like, any of those songs, like, Benny and the Jets would be played on classic rock. Like, I knew a lot of the songs from the 70s, but then I was a kid when The Lion King came out, so, like... There you go. I Like, but then it was like, oh, the, you know, the rock star from the 70s is doing the music, and then, like, when Princess Diana died, and, and you know, yeah. he remade Candle in the Wind, and all these sort of things. I feel like he's just, like you said, he's always been there, and he continues to be there every, like, every moment. We are, I mean, he's still relevant. Getting a Hot 100 hit today is means he is a still relevant artist at this exact moment. More than 50 years after your first hit on the Hot 100. Amazing. Come on. So, we love to see it. <laughs> so, uh, in in other news... <laughs> I have no <laughs> There's transition no good here. segue here. Uh, you know, New York City tried to uh, put on this We Love NYC, the homecoming concert um, this past weekend, but it ended up ending early on Saturday due to severe weather conditions um, in Central Park due to um, the hurricane that's currently, you know, Henri. 
Yes, Henri, who's currently, um, you know, terrorizing the East Coast. Um, so Barry Manilow was performing. He's singing Can't Smile Without You. I'm just going to set the scene. My mom's favorite artist ever is Barry Manilow, by the way. I don't know if I've ever said that on the show. Oh. Obsessed with Barry. So he's performing Can't Smile Without You as part of a medley of his hits when all of a sudden an announcement goes out to the crowd of dangerous weather and it interrupted his performance and they ordered concert goers to immediately leave the park and seek shelter. Barry did not hear the announcement, though, so he just kept on singing. Okay. And at first, and then somebody let him know, hey, man, like they're clearing everybody out. Um, and as the estimated 60,000 person crowd began leaving the concert, there was a moment of optimism that the show might resume once the weather cleared. But then a few minutes later, another announcement said it was officially canceled as the downpour intensified. Um, so just a bummer. And people who were watching it on CNN, like, didn't even know, like, is this happening? Not happening? People in the park are like, do I have to go? Or can I st- like, can I still see Bruce Springsteen? Maybe? I don't know. Um, and so fans hoping to specifically see Springsteen, Paul Simon, the killers um, perform, they, you know, were kind of bummed as they were leaving. Um, and according to the Associated Press, one man was yelling that he, quote, paid to see Springsteen. I mean, um, <laughs> it, it, I, I also read somewhere that I guess Patti Smith was going to play it, and she had called into CNN and was talking to Anderson Cooper from backstage somewhere, and I guess she, I could be wrong, correct me, she said that she had planned on singing Because of the Night with Springsteen on stage. I'm like, come on! That would have been very cool. Like, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been very good. But um, we don't want people getting hurt. No. So, you know. No. Um, and, and just to finish the, the note that I just had, uh, the majority of the tickets for the show were handed out for free with proof of vaccination, but there were some VIP tickets that ranged from $399 to $5,000 that were sold. Wh- what came with the $5,000 ticket? You I get mean, to like hang out with Bruce? I'm Hopefully they were hanging out with Bruce backstage before it got canceled. <laughs> Who knows? Um... Among those who did perform, because there were a few performances that happened before Barry, uh, Jennifer Hudson and Andrea Bocelli both performed uh, backed by the New York Philharmonic. Um, and the New York Phil actually opened up the show um, playing a series of you know classical music. Uh, Earth, Wind and Fire were joined by Babyface. Santana was joined by Wyclef Jean and Rob Thomas to do Let both. Let me guess, did they smooth, do Smooth? Of course, Smooth. And they also have a new song together. Um, Melly Mel, uh, Busta Rhymes and LL Cool J. Um, Ella Cool J actually performed solo, and then he's also joined by Rev Run from Run DMC. So people got Maybe a decent show. they should have show. pushed this whole show to start at like nine in the morning, and then they could have finished up before the weather rolled in. That's they a, could have made well, I don't know if they change. knew how severe it was going to get. I mean, I kind of thought maybe they should have pushed this whole thing because, like, it was yeah. it was created with a lot of good intentions. Um, yes, but to have um, a homecoming and like a welcome back concert when things were not quite as sunny as they were when they announced the concert, you know, yeah, they announced the, the concert when they didn't think the Delta variant would be roaming around and a hurricane. And a hurricane. So, you know, oh, life had other plans. Um, <laughs> uh, also, uh, man, I've got no transitions because these are such crazy different. Uh, also, uh, also, Taylor Swift wasn't news. there, but we have news on her. <laughs> right. On Monday, Taylor Swift officially signed up for TikTok. And in her first post, the pop superstar announced that her new version of Red will also be coming out on vinyl on November 19th. And it's available for presale now on her website. So 
November 19th was the re- the release date that it's she announced. It's the release the, date. She had yet to say all the versions. Yes. She had yet to say whether there'd be that's, vinyl. That's going to be one heck of a big week for Taylor. Yes, it is. And accompanying her vinyl announcement was Taylor's very first TikTok video in which she lip syncs to the song Screwface Capital by UK rapper Dave. She picked this for a very specific reason because the song name drops her in the line, my outstanding payments swift like Taylor. So there, right. if you'd like to see Taylor lip syncing to a British grime song, <laughs> then go to TikTok. Um, during the video, she also cycles through uh, the looks of her four most recent eras. So we've got Folklore and Evermore from last year, 2020, and then Fearless Taylor's version from the spring and now Red Taylor's version coming in November. I mean, um, there's... <laughs> It's, if you're a Taylor fan, you're getting fed. It is wild. Like, Folklore was, what, July of last year, 2020? The amount of releases. Yeah, it's insane. So, folk, no, yeah, Folklore was July. Evermore was December. December. Fearless April was, was Fearless. And November is red. The pace. And, this, like, you guys. Lady. A tweet. I saw a tweet, like, two days ago that was that said Lover came out two years ago. Only two <laughs> years ago did Lover come out. This is what happens when you're not touring. You have a little bit of time at home to focus on re-recording your previous material. Yes, extra time on your hands. Um, so Ed Sheeran also hyped up Taylor's vinyl announcement by sharing a clip of himself re-recording his harmonies of their red duet, Everything Has Changed. So in addition to the new version of that 2012 duet, Ed is also included on a From the Vault song for Red called Run. Um, so lots of ad on, on Red Taylor's version coming. Um, so head over to Billboard.com for the latest on the Red re-release, as well as Taylor Swift's journey into TikTok, which I'm sure we'll be covering extensively. I mean, also, I saw the track list for the Red Taylor's version. It's like 50 songs or something ridiculous. 50? No, it's not 50. I was, gonna, I was like, wait, did I miss? Was there an extended, extended it, version? It, it looks like it's like double the length of the previous album. I for, I forget how I'm, I don't want Taylor Swift coming after me, but it's 20 something songs. Um, I and think. like one of them is like a 10 minute version of. Yeah, of All Too Well, which yeah. has been a rumored thing floating out there for a long time. That That's a, a fan favorite. We had, we have a super fan on staff, Ashley, who. She when when Red was first announced as the next release and Taylor said, this is how many tracks are going to be on it. Ashley set out to guess the track list. She did a pretty great, like really good job. She had all too well. She had um, Babe by Sugarland because that was coming from the Red time period. Uh, what's the one that Little Big Town did? Um, you know, you know what I'm talking yeah, that about. One. That I one. I, yeah. Anyway, she had a bunch of stuff that was like. She just knew. They know. Good golly. Good (laughs) golly. Um, Well, lots of Taylor news, lots of uh, hurricane news, lots of Elton news, lots of... It's a very all over the place. Some combo hurricane COVID news. It's fun stuff. I I brought you you some fun news today. Well, now, for a completely non-related item... Here's our our fifth non-sequitur of the show. (laughs) It's time for the chart stat of the week. Forty years ago this week, the Go-Go's first Hot 100 hit, Our Lips Are Sealed, debuted on the Hot 100 chart. The track arrived at number 90 on the August 29, 1981 dated chart 
and it eventually peaked at number 20 in December of that year. The single was the first hit from the Billboard 200 number one album, Beauty and the Beat, which reached number one on the list dated March 6, 1982, and spent six weeks on top. The album would also launch the number two peaking Hot 100 hit, We Got the Beat. Notable fact about the Go-Go's, Beauty and the Beats was the first and still only number one album by an all-female rock band. And being, being very specific there because mm-hmm. we've had um, girl groups like Destiny's Child and the Supremes go to number one, but we've also had the Dixie Chicks. Um, well, the former Dixie Chicks, who are now just the Chicks, um, who many consider a country band. Yeah. Uh, they've also had number one albums. Um, later this year, the Go-Go's will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the performers category alongside Tina Turner, Carol King, Jay-Z, Foo Fighters, and Todd Rundgren. So there you have it. 40 years ago this week, the Go-Go's, Our Lips Are Sealed, debuted on the Hot 100 chart ushering in a history-making career on the Billboard charts for the Go-Go's. All right, we've reached the end of our all-over-the-place show. I just learned that Beauty and the Beat got to number one on my birthday week, the week like the week I was born. <laughs> well... The Go-Go's are uh, tremendous women, as are oh my you, gosh. Katie. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> I mean, you're really a woman. Nice. You're not women. You're not all the women in the world, but you know what I mean. I'm not an all-female rock band. I can tell you that much. There's I'm... still time. <laughs> it's true. And we've had two of the Go-Go's on the pod, sh- on the pod, on the podcast, on the podcast before. Yes, and you, I mean, you're a super fan. Your older sister, like, introduced you to them, right? You had, like, That's... her records. That's right. She gave me all of her 45s, and one of them was a picture disc of the Go-Go's. No flexi discs in there, but <laughs> I, there was a picture disc, oh. and I, I have a photo with those two members of the Go-Go's. And, I, uh, did I take it at BBMA's The Radio pr- Room? I think you did. I yeah. think they almost insisted that we take a photo because yeah. I kind of demurred, and they're like, oh my god, after that story, you have to take a picture. Yes, love it. Anyway, okay, so what song should we go out on? <laughs> Feels like a Go-Go song. We obviously <laughs> just heard our lips are sealed, so what's, um, a, what's another one? What's your other favorite? Well, we could do We Got the Beat, which is another song I mentioned. That you can't go wrong. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.